millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hello and welcome to the World Soccer Talk podcast, your weekly dose of talking about watching soccer on TV, online and apps. Coming up on episode 71, we feature an exclusive interview with Telemundo commentators about their preparations for this summer's World Cup. We discuss which sports TV network has lost more than 600,000 subscribers in the last year, who Martin Tyler will be commentating the World Cup for this summer, as well as lots of soccer media news for you from around the world. Plus, we have letters from you, the listeners, in our mailbag section. My name is Christopher Harris, a.k.a. The Gaffer, and I'm not joined today by Kartik Krishnaya. Unfortunately, he's out sick, so I'm going to go solo. So this episode is brought to you by Sling TV's Best of Spanish TV Package, which is bringing you El Clasico this weekend. Now, what we've been watching this past week, so let's start off with that. And uh, for me, the theme for the last few weeks has been focusing on the relegation battle at the bottom of the Premier League. Actually, for me personally, it's it feels like it's been... I, I've been watching the relegation battle since August, since Swansea played their first game, but that, that's another story. But seriously, the relegation battle has produced some really entertaining games the past few weeks. Most importantly, the win by Southampton against Bournemouth uh, this past Saturday on NBCSN, which was a, a thrilling game for anyone who missed it, uh, especially the last 15 minutes. Uh, the 2-1 results puts Southampton back in the race to potentially avoid relegation. And uh, it's that crazy time of the year when the top of the table is already decided, but it's it really is the relegation battle that is, uh, to me, the most attractive, nail-biting time. And, and for a neutral, it's probably better than for the, the actual supporter, seeing the highs and lows and just uh, trying to experience that. As a fan that's right caught right up in the middle of it, myself included, uh, it's agonizing. Now, in terms of some of the other games uh, from this past week, I saw quite a few, actually. Um, I'm just going to pick some at random here. The LAFC Seattle Sounders game, which was the first game from the Bank of California Stadium. Uh, I thought the the actual the camera positions in the new stadium looked great. Uh, that stadium looks fantastic on television. Uh, the game, eh, not so much, but still it was uh, exciting to see uh, the first game played there. Then also, uh, of course, we had the Champions League this past week, and we had, uh, of course, uh, some thrilling games yet again. And for for whatever reason, the Champions League this season seems to be more entertaining than it has uh, been for several years. And for me, I I, I think that John Strong and Stuart Holden are doing great. Uh, Stuart Holden is getting better uh, game after game. My only uh, concern or criticism really is what Kartik said, uh, I think, last week or two weeks ago that he would like to see these guys in the stadiums in Europe commentating these games. And it's doable, of course, with the game on uh, Tuesday uh, in, what was it, uh, in Madrid and the game on Wednesday in Rome. I mean, it's pretty easy to, to fly back and forth from city to city. Um, that's the only shame uh, of the matter. But uh, good games. And, 
yeah, Real Madrid, Liverpool in the final. That, that's going to be fantastic. And let me scroll through here and see some of my other notes for some of the other games I saw. Anything else that jumped out? The Inter against Juventus game. Uh, another incredible game here from Serie A. It's right going down to the wire. Looks like with Napoli uh, dropping points, it looks like look, looks like it's going to be Juve to win it. But um, in this game too, with uh, Inter and Juve, I mean there were there was a red card, there was an early goal. Uh, Juve bounced back uh, to win it three two in an incredible incredible game. If you missed that one, the Man United Arsenal game for me it felt like a Arsene Wenger testimonial match. Uh, really, really boring game and just. Um, uh, a shame, really, in Wenger's last game there at Old Trafford and also, in, of course, the Europa League. Uh, kind of a, a, a disappointing way to, to drop out of that tournament. Uh, but fair play to Atleti for playing uh, fantastic over, over the two legs. One more thing, too, I just want to mention is that uh, for the Roma-Liverpool game, uh, the pre-game analysis on this one from Fox was better um, and more serious I th- and I think the difference is having Ian Joy there in the studio uh, on the set instead of Eric Winalda. And uh, Ian's definitely more serious, and I think it elevates Warren Barton and Alexi Lalas uh, to try harder and think more uh, tactically or think harder about the game. So that I enjoyed. The other thing I, I did enjoy, too, was just the pre-match uh, noise from the Olympic Stadium in Rome. Uh, it gave me goosebumps just seeing the, the teams coming out and the incredible noise by the Roma fans and the Liverpool fans trying to join in too. Uh, they were pretty much, uh, you mean, you couldn't really hear them that, that, that much except for different parts of the game, but uh, a great uh, pre-match atmosphere. Now let's move on to TV streaming news. Uh, first up, in no particular order, is that SBS, which is a uh, TV company in Australia, uh, is going to offer 25 uh, FIFA World Cup matches live free and in HD with exclusive commentary from Martin Tyler. Now, Martin Tyler uh, in previous years has done work for ESPN uh, as well as SBS. He's worked for them in the past too. And this is somebody I'm sure that if Fox Sports really wanted to get, they probably could have gotten, but uh, they passed up and went with pretty much an all-American crew. And now Martin Tyler is going to, uh, well, actually, he's probably based in Russia for the commentary, but he's going to do the commentating for SBS in Australia. So it's definitely, if you're down under, it's uh, a good win for you. Now, Comcast has uh, aimed to co- combat cord cutting by limiting the, uh, the major internet speed increases to cable subscribers. So what this means is if you're a Comcast subscriber... Uh, and you subscribe to just the internet service that they have, uh, you're not going to get the full speed. So in order to get the full speed of internet uh, fr- from Comcast, you have to subscribe to the TV side of, uh, you mean, the, the cable TV, which is ridiculous. At, at the end of the day, you know, I mean, it should be one of those things where if you want to pay for internet and get high-speed in- internet through Comcast, you can do that. Uh, or if you want to get the, t- the TV too and, and get uh, the best of both worlds or, or just the TV, whatever it may be. But Comcast is really pushing hard to try to stop cord cutting. This is not the way to do it, though, Comcast. I mean, there's plenty of other options out there. Um, not always, though. In some areas, Comcast is a monopoly. But uh, just definitely, if you have Comcast and you're dissatisfied with them, just search around. There's usually some other competitors in the area. 
Uh, new ones are being added all the time that you can uh, cut the cord and go with somebody else that doesn't doesn't uh, doesn't basically uh, hurt you for for just wanting internet speeds or fast internet speeds. But so uh, strange strange moves. That I, I, strange moves by Comcast. I understand what they're doing, but uh, it's pretty lowball tactics in my opinion. Now speaking of uh, cord cutting, uh, Fubo TV is offering new Roku users one free month of live TV streaming. The new Roku devices must, must be purchased in the U.S. at Walmart, Target, Best Buy, or Amazon through July 8th and will include 30 free days of sports, entertainment, and news on Fubo TV, which is priced at $45 per month. So if you don't have a Roku yet, uh, this might be something you might want to consider uh, and get a free month of Fubo TV. Now, big news in the U.K. and Ireland, and that is that 11 sports has acquired the rights to La Liga, uh, beating the incumbent Sky Sports. Now, Sky Sports has had La Liga for years. Uh, it's been kind of a part of the, the kind of the weekly or uh, weekly recipe, so to speak, of uh, soccer fans in the UK getting used to watching kind of uh, late evening games there on Sky Sports. But uh, starting next season, it's moving to eleven sports. Now we have some news about uh, El Clasico, which is going to be on this Sunday uh, between Barcelona and Real Madrid. And it promises to be a thrilling encounter between the UEFA Champions League finalist and La Liga title winner. Now BN Sports will have two reporters on site at the Camp Nou featuring Kevin Egan and Pablo Marino, uh, who will be reporting live for BN Sports and BN Sports in Espanol, respectively. For the English language broadcast on BN Sports, the commentators will be Phil Shane and Ray Hudson. The Spanish language broadcast will feature Jose Martinez and, uh, actually, I'm sorry, uh, Jose Hernandez and uh, Jaime uh, Macias. Now, with several different streaming options available, the one we're recommending for Sunday's broadcast is the Best of Spanish TV package from Sling TV. It's only $10 per month and includes both BN Sports channels, both the English and the Spanish. Plus, it also includes Universo, Univision, Univision Deportes, uh, Unamas, and a total of 23 channels in all. Plus, the best part is that they're offering a free seven-day trial, so you can sit back and enjoy El Clasico. So sign up for the free seven-day trial to the Best of Spanish TV package at worldsoccertalk.com slash El Clasico. Again, that's uh, worldsoccertalk.com slash El Clasico. And last but not least in the TV streaming news, uh, this past year has been a bloodbath for sports TV companies. And uh, ESPN, now this is comparing uh, May 2018 to May uh, 2017, so in one year, ESPN has lost 683,000 homes uh, that that used to subscribe to the channel and now do not. So 683 uh, for ESPN. FS1 is down 103,000 subscribers, and NBCSN is down 200,000 subscribers according to sports TV ratings. So what does this all mean? Well, I think all of us pretty much know that a lot of people are cutting the cord, uh, getting rid of their uh, TV uh, or or satellite or cable subscriptions and moving to streaming services. And this is another another, uh, stat stat to show that. All right, so let's move on to TV ratings uh, from this past week. Uh, Some big numbers that came through... um, it was a million viewers for Club America against Santos Laguna this past weekend on Univision. So again, uh, Liga Mackey is getting some big numbers. 
Uh, the number that surprised me the most this week was the Real Madrid against Bayern game on FS1 and Fox Deportes. Uh, 961,000 viewers combined there, which is a fantastic number when you consider that uh, this game was played during office hours, uh, 2.45 to 4.45 Eastern time in the US. Uh, of course, we know that Real Madrid and Bayern Munich have lots of fans, but still almost a million people watching this match uh, around the United States. Swansea against uh, Chelsea on NBC had 672,000 viewers. Uh, Man United had uh, against Arsenal at 646 um, uh, in the viewers. And uh, LAFC against Seattle on FS1 on Sunday had uh, 248,000 viewers. So a pretty decent number there. But Orlando against Colorado on ESPN on Sunday from 4 to 6 p.m. Eastern had uh, just 173,000 viewers. So another disappointing number there. Okay, let's move on to listener mailbag. Uh, first one is uh, from Steven Santos, who sent in this email. He says, uh, hey guys, uh, Fox forgot another good local announcer, Steve Cangelosi. He has done World Feed Games for Fox, ESPN, NBC Sports, etc. They really missed out by sending the whole crew to Russia to announce games. Yeah, and, and Steve was one of the ones that was on my list of people that I thought would have been included. Um, I was really surprised that he wasn't because he had been tried out by Fox. So Fox had, well, the last two years, tried out a whole bunch of different commentators, mostly for Europa League games, uh, sometimes for some of the Bundesliga games on, on the Friday, kind of the, the less high-profile games. And uh, Steve Cangelosi, uh, who's been around the business for a long, long time as a commentator, uh, was one that had uh, tried out for a bunch of those games, but uh, unfortunately didn't make the final cut. Uh, moving on, a comment from on the uh, worldsoccertalk.com website, and this is from CSB. He says, uh, thanks, guys, for a really informative podcast on the imminent Fox fiasco in broadcasting Russia 2018. My guess is that, like me, many fans will be working on their Spanish in the weeks to come via Andres. Uh, next up is the Soccer Heretic, uh, and he posted this through Twitter. He says, I had a lot of issues with the final weeks of Winalda's USSF candidacy, but his non-inclusion on the World Cup team by Fox is absolutely ludicrous. It's just another example of Fox Sports bungling of sports properties. Fox Sports has become a network for low, low IQ viewers and beer-guzzling frat boys, not just soccer but across the board in all sports coverage. I'd watch far more Bundesliga than I do, if not for being a Fox property, Lalas and Holden. I'd also like to interject my own theory on why Major League Soccer and USSF are opposed to a club World Cup expansion. Because most years they'd still fail to qualify for it, and it would become yet another competition that eats up their market share of soccer, soccer audiences in their own nation. Now, if you do have any questions, feedback, uh, Anything for us or anything you'd like us to read out on there in regards to the soccer media business, television, streaming, apps, etc. You can always reach us via email through web at worldsoccertalk.com as well as facebook.com slash worldsoccertalk and on Twitter at worldsoccertalk. Plus, of course, you can always, always post comments on the mothership, worldsoccertalk.com. Okay, so let's go ahead and uh, play the interview that we did with, uh, Kartik and I did with uh, Telemundo Deportes. Uh, we sat down with uh, Andres Cantor and uh, Sami Sadovnik and also Miguel Gertzwitz. And uh, all three will be commentating the games from Russia, not from a studio in Los Angeles, but, but from Russia. 
they're going to be there commenting in the games. And we sat down, we wanted to, to get a, a better idea of their preparations going into the World Cup. Uh, also, what the experience is like of being in the commentary booth, uh, in in the stadiums, and some of the thoughts about uh, some of the teams competing, such as uh, Uruguay and Argentina, etc. So it's, it's a really interesting interview. It's about 20 minutes long, so go ahead and enjoy. Okay, 32 teams, 23 players per squad. That's over 700 players. So I'm wondering in terms of when you're going into uh, a World Cup tournament like this, what type of preparation are you doing? And what type of, you know, whether it's pronunciations of names or backgrounds on players? I mean, obviously you have staff that's working with, with you. I would think in terms of research, but but how much? How much? But what type of preparation are, are you doing? You mean to get ready for the big the big events? Whether it's from you mean as a commentator or, or presenters or co-commentators? Uh, I've seen a film of. Uh Sound like like the old guard film. I, I've seen games from I believe it's 26. I'm, I'm still trying to get some nations that I haven't seen. I have studied them tactically. I have studied them. I mean individually, it's obviously easier when you have France, Spain, the big teams, because you you see you know how they play. The players play all year all year round because yeah. you know you, you see the games, and we cover the Premier League. Uh, so I, I'm focused more on the teams I haven't seen that much, the Russias, the Saudi Arabia, the Iran, the South Koreas. And uh, nowadays the pronunciation, it, you know, we try, or at least in, in my case, I, I try to get the pronunciation right. Uh, it's not always easy when you have Russia playing Saudi Arabia and you're calling the game in Spanish yeah, to, to yeah, get yeah. it right. <laughs> sure. But uh, the resources nowadays compared to the old times, it, it's much easier because sooner or later if you if you Google or, or if you YouTube the, the name of a player, you'll find an interview where the guy is identifying himself. So it's al uh, you know, yeah. you'll hear the Arabic pronunciation, the Iranian pronunciation. Sure. And you try to get as close to it as uh, as you possibly can, because we know that we have, we are going to have a lot of nationals from those countries watching us because of our style. Right. Sure. It's almost the same. Yeah, we have to, uh, you know, watch uh, from the November uh, FIFA days, the the friendly games, and mm -hmm. uh, last uh, March, almost uh, yeah, almost uh, 20, 25 uh, games and, uh, and national teams. Uh, you know, growing the, the tactically and uh, also the pronunciation, who, who's in the, the corner kick, uh, you know, uh, who goes to, uh, for, uh, I don't know, uh, the past, uh, you know, sure. to try to, to get the, the more uh, information of uh, everybody to, you know, deliver the, the, the best experience through the, uh, through the broadcast. Uh, sure. How has uh, broadcasting the Premier League uh, helped you prepare for uh, the World Cup because so many of the players that will be for various nations you've seen, you've covered during the course of the season. Well, definitely it helps to watch yeah. them play and, and you learn how they, they play. You know, being from different countries that are going to play the World Cup. The other day, I mean, lately, just like as a segue to promote the World Cup on Telemundo, uh, we we count the players that are playing in the in a given match in the Premier League that are going to be participating in the World Cup. And the other day, I believe in between Tottenham and, and City, I believe out of the 22, at, at one point there were like 20 that were yeah. going to the World Cup. So yeah. uh, it's, yeah. it's, it helps obviously because you get to see them play. But for example, 
you have a, a clear a, a clear example on uh, on Vertonghen from Belgium. Yeah. He plays uh, left center uh, fullback yeah. in Tottenham and Bobby. Bobby, yeah. Bobby, Roberto Martinez plays coach, him yeah. sometimes yeah. out left on the national team. So okay. it's it's interesting to see. You learn, not you learn. I mean, you cover them on Premier League. You see them play, and then if they play out of position in the national team. You know, mm -hmm. you know what to say, and and, and you're sure. prepared to to tell the audience that you know he spent he played 63 games this year playing as a as a central left midfielder and now he's playing as a left fullback. Sure. What about like going into preparations for a game? So being in, in the actual commentary booth, like so for, for example like Arlo White will have his, his, I think his uh, piece of paper and he has like the, he prints them out on, on labels and, and, and places them on so he knows kind of his, his, uh, his system for figuring out uh, which players are in which positions and has his notes. How much do you have any? I mean, for a lot of you guys, it would be in your heads. But do you have any kind of tools or things that you use um, in, in the commentary booth to kind of help you? Uh, I, um, in the what I've learned through the, the, the previous World Cups, in the commentary position, there's very limited space. Right. Uh, I used to take a lot of papers sure. and a lot of notes. And I kept on fumbling notes and didn't remember, uh, didn't remember where they were. Yeah. Uh, I had the marks, but it's, it's it's very tough to call a game and start pulling. Right. So now all the notes I want to deliver in a game, I have them electronically on, on my iPad. Okay. And I, I arrange them by either players, topics, uh, etc. Okay. Uh, I try to carry as 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 few papers as possible to the booth because it's very it's a very confined very tight space sure. and uh, when I did that uh, I mean uh, it was I prepared so much so many notes and so many stats sometimes that I used a quarter of them because I couldn't find them you know because the game is so dynamic yeah, like, yeah, yeah. where's the paper you know sure. and also you have you know the, the, the color uh, commentator in your right hand so yeah. he have the all the information for the taxi but I prepare the night before in a piece of paper like a, you know the, the lineups yeah. and the, uh, the, the much information that I can put it uh, through the uh, the piece of paper so it's much better the, uh, the when you have the, the official lineups, maybe you change only one, two, or three. I mean, right. uh, have the, the experience from the Premier League, they, the, the previews, the, the match preview, they, they change only two or three players, so it's yeah. much easier to to uh, erase them and, and put uh, the new names. But sure. uh, yeah, I put much information uh, like the um, good old times. I mean, uh, old-fashioned way yeah. in a yeah, piece yeah. of paper. I have electronically two of the. Uh, much information, the stats, or uh, particularly, uh, you know, individual player, mm -hmm. how many goals, how many uh, uh, games they played uh, through the season. So, uh, but basically, it's in a, a couple of pieces of papers, an extra one with the stat information, and, sure. and that's it. Yeah. I'm going to share to you, uh, with you an, an additional story, which is funny, uh -huh. because it happened to me, which is my nightmare, electronically. Okay. <laughs> I have the bad habit, since I'm not I don't use Word or iPad that much, or Pages on yeah, iPad. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> I start writing down like an email, mm -hmm. and then I save it as a draft. Right. But you yeah, know fine. when you save it, draft, it uh -huh. says delete or save draft. Right. And I have big fingers, and one time <laughs> after 
doing all the research for a game, I went like this and I deleted it. So oh. that's that's my nightmare. Oh. That's why I have, a, I have a, you know, a backup plan. I mean, I have the piece of paper through the <laughs> backpack, so you never know. So. Uh, plan B. <laughs> Last summer, the Federations Cup, how did that help you prepare for the venues in Russia as much as for the broadcast and the team? We'll be in uh, well, four venues. I oh, know, yeah, four venues. The Sochi, Kazan, uh, the Spartak, and St. Petersburg. Only four for uh, venues, so much easier right. to be there. So, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's definitely easier, at, at yeah. least in those four cities, to know the lay of the land. Right. We know what to expect, we know where the, the commentary positions are, if they're up high, if they're low. The sure. best one uh, was the Spartan, oof, the Spartan Stadium in yeah. Moscow was in the middle, nice. back, yeah, right. down in the middle. It's yeah. amazing, because St. Petersburg is very high. Right. Yeah, so sometimes you have the, uh, you know, the, uh, the, the TV on the, on the booth to mm -hmm. double check. Right. How hard is it to, to concentrate on, on commentating the game? On television, sometimes you can hear the other announcers. Yeah. And especially in a confined space, I'm sure it's, it's very confined. So, I mean, obviously you guys are pros, but is it difficult sometimes to concentrate and, and kind of just not, not listen to the other commentators or the other announcers? No. I mean, you hear them, but you can't tell what they're saying. Yeah. Mm -hmm. the, the biggest problem that I have, the, the biggest challenge, is not the, the commentators. It's the nut sound. The nut sound, yeah. The nut sound so. in World Cups is extremely loud. Mm -hmm. And we, uh, the, the way it works is HBS, which is the host broadcasting services, yeah. provide each radio and, and TV outlet mm -hmm. its own box. It's right. not something that we can hear adjust. Sure. And sometimes, I mean, I remember South Africa. South Africa was yeah, absolutely the South Africa. The South Africa. Yes. Sorry, I mean, I, I dreamt of Bulusela yes. for three months. You know? <laughs> <laughs> we tried the, the, the original headsets yes, from the booth. Yep. Our headsets, a regular mic with, uh, um, you know, individual uh, headphones. Mm -hmm. We tried everything to, to avoid, you know, the, the net sound uh, noise. But... Uh, and, and uh, turning off the uh, the other mics for everything. Right. Yeah, the, 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 the main crazy. problem is the uh, the net sound. Yeah. yeah. But for Russia, you think that'd be okay though, as far as it should be a better well, environment. We'll I guess right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Even the newer stadiums, the net sound's a problem. They don't have the acoustics to work. It, it depends on, on. I mean, we. I, I don't think we can judge by by confets. Well, because obviously there were no, there were very few foreign fans. I read today yeah. the amount of people Mexico's taking. They're taking fifty. They, they bought fifty-four thousand tickets. So I mean, I don't know if. Yeah. Obviously, that is a figure that doesn't count only for the Mexico games because if not, they're going to fill the stadium by yeah. themselves. So when you have a contingency of twenty thousand Argentinians in, in, a, in a stadium, mm -hmm. it's going to yeah. be loud. Yeah. The mic is very sensitive, you know. The mic from the headset. So right. yeah, I read. For example, thirty thousand Peruvians will be in the, the yeah. free first Peru, game. Did you see the numbers? Peru is yeah. almost like yeah, 30,000. Yeah, yeah. How much? Did, how much does that help your broadcast, your commentary, whether it's presenting or whether it's co-commentating? The atmosphere. If the atmosphere is electric and it's it crazy. Does that raise your game too? Does that give you kind of some inspiration or just some? I mean, does it make make, make you try harder? Of course, harder? It's, it, it's a passional game, mm -hmm. so it works. It helps a lot. Sure. These guys in play by play, I think they, they may uh, feel something different. Mm -hmm. uh, for me as a presenter, it feels different, mm -hmm. especially when uh, Mexico plays. So uh, right. yeah, it means a lot. It means a lot uh, for for us.
how people leave uh, soccer. I don't know Russians. They're too quiet, but... <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah. I wanted to ask you a question about uh, Uruguay. Uh, Tavares has decided not to uh, play any matches in the world. Right? Their, their yeah, camp is in Uruguay, they're going to play friendlies in Uruguay, and then travel to Russia. Is that unusual from the way you, you viewed this in the past? Do you think that's a, a good move and mistake? Uh, I, don't, I don't see any bad in it. I think they're playing one uh, third world game in Montevideo, mm. and then they're off. If that's what they're going to do, I, I find that, I mean, he knows his team. Yeah. He's got, you know, he doesn't need to play anybody and, and risk, you know, an injury. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, players, uh, when you're 10 days away from the World Cup, sometimes it's, it's not conducive to, you know, you, the, the players don't play their best because they, you know, they don't right. want to risk it. Yeah. So I don't see any anything bad if, if that's what they're going to decide to do. You never know the pitch, the conditions of the pitch, so I mean, it's uh, safe. Right. Uh, and yeah. again, I, I make an emphasis because you asked about Uruguay. Uruguay has, I mean, he's, he knows his team. Yeah, yeah. From 15 Argentina, years. Argentina has been a manager yeah. longer than anyone. He's got and Sometimes teams. it's risky, you know, the overtrain. I mean, uh, it happens with Colombia in 94, and I remember Peru in 82. They made uh, a three months before the, the, the World Cup, you know, a tour from, uh, I mean, they played almost eight or nine games before the World Cup. It's a lot, That's you know, lot. three yeah, months yeah, uh, yeah. out <laughs> of the country and then plus four weeks in and the World Cup. What, what, Forget what was it. it? It was France 98 also. Yeah. yeah. Away two months like before games. the World Cup. Out, you know, family and, yeah. you know, extra training. It's a risk. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's a double. It's risky. So now you have the three, at least, Max of three games before the sure. the first official game. Of the and players are tired. They yeah, play right. There, so they play a lot of games before, oh, before yeah. the World Cup, so they right. keep it safe. And I think also with Uruguay, there was the equation that he has players on Barcelona, PSG. They'll be playing late. They're both out of the Champions League. Not anymore. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. What are the plans uh, to go? I mean, when, are you, when, when will you guys leave to go ahead to Russia and start getting used to I mean, the jet lag and, and get arriving there? June, we all leave June 5th. 5th, okay. So you have about a week. Yeah. Just, yeah. Uh, we come back December 19th. <laughs> <laughs> After like, a long vacation yeah. uh, <laughs> on the Caribbean. So, so you have over a week to acclimate before, yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 yeah, more than a week, yeah. Yeah, for the jet lag and you know. right, yeah, yeah. So your, your your schedule during the World Cup, you're moving city to city, venue to venue, every day almost during the group oh, stage. Almost. almost. How do you manage that? That's <laughs> a good question. Uh, <laughs> I'll be in Moscow, so I'm going to be comfortable. <laughs> you're going to be the only yeah, guy. Yeah, right. HBS. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Well, it's uh, you know, I, I cannot. Foresee how it's going to be. It's not going to be easy. We, um, at least in my case, I'm taking a lot of overnight flights to get from one place to the other, and sometimes calling games with little or no sleep, which is not conducive to helping my voice. But uh, we will see. But it's, uh, you know, like uh, my friend Carlos Bilardo, mm -hmm. world champion coach yep. from Argentina, said in the World Cup. You don't have any. You're not never tired. You're never cold. You're never hot. You're never hungry. <laughs> you're there, and you gotta enjoy it. Right. And it's only a month. 
every yeah. four years. So that's that's the way I approach it. Even though, obviously, at 55, it's, it ain't gonna be easy yeah. when, when I was uh, 28. Yeah. This, but yeah. uh, we'll see. After, afterwards, I mean, it's, it's been a lot of work and preparation going into it, and it's a, it is a marathon. It's it's hard every single day. Afterwards, do you guys feel do you usually then just almost collapse and just need a break just because it's so much, so intensive? No, I can't sleep almost. Uh, no, yeah, you have you know, with Simon uh, right. uh, top, so you have to. Depends who, win, depends who wins. <laughs> yeah, depends who wins, right. <laughs> and try to rest as much as possible, be quiet. I mean, I guess I try to be quiet and uh, irritated uh, and, uh, and prepare the next game. I mean, still you're on, on the road and have the, the next game and the next game. So, but try to, to rest and be quiet as much as possible after. Uh, Do you have any it? remedies for your throat to make sure the next day, next match you call is... Like hot tea or anything? Yeah, hot tea like or anything or anything? No. No, I tried some honey. I, have a, I mean, I have some in the, the past World Cup, so every, every once in the World Cup, I have a cortisone to, <laughs> yeah, to, yeah, to, to clean my throat. So, so uh, yeah, I have some honey, you know, uh, hot tea. But, uh, I mean, not hot or cold, it's uh, even worse or better. So, yeah. Well, usually happens, I think your question was after the World Cup. Right. Uh, even though you're very tired, you, you start getting World Cup withdrawals mm -hmm. right away. Yeah. Right. It's like it's so much fun. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. You, you have so much adrenaline going in your system for 40 days, basically, or 35 days, or whatever, that like, okay. You wake up July 16th, <laughs> where's my next game? You're tired, but like, oh my god. Well, we have to go then in six, July 16th at 7.30, we, right. we'll, we'll have the country, so. <laughs> we'll have to be at the airport at 3 a.m. after the final, so. Right. <laughs> well, what, what's your sense around the expectations for Argentina? Uh, when I talk to Argentines, it's either they're expecting this team to do very well in this World Cup, or they're expecting it to crash out of the group stage. There's no happy medium, it seems. In Argentina, there is no medium but winning the World Cup, right? I mean, I'm from Argentina, and I can tell you that, you know, we go into every World Cup with the aim to win it. There is, uh, I mean, you will hear all the, obviously, everyone in the world of football that, you know, being in the top four and being in the top, getting to the final, getting to the final and losing it in Argentina. The stage, yeah. uh, I mean, it's, it's right. a big accomplishment, I guess. You know, 30 years from now, Messi will sit down with his kids and say, you know, I played in two World Cup Finals, hopefully. Hopefully. Yeah. Or, or two Copa Finals. <laughs> yeah. Three Copa Finals, actually. But he doesn't have the silverware to show, so mm -hmm. we are... That's the way we are, unfortunately, because... Uh, I don't know if unfortunately, I mean, it's, it's fortunate that we have had, since 1978 on, you know, the expectations of the team to, to go all the way through the final. So I don't think anybody will be happy crashing out in the quarters, and it will be a huge, huge uh, negative story if they crash out mm -hmm. against Iceland, Croatia, and Nigeria. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, last question is: uh, What one thing are you most looking forward to at this World Cup uh, for each for each of you? What's the one thing you're most looking forward to? One thing: the opening game. It's it's been a long journey to get here. Mm -hmm. uh, I mean, Telemundo has had the rights since October 25th, 2011. Yeah. Uh, a 
it's like a dream come true to be able to, to call the World Cup on Telemundo. It's finally here. Uh, you know, Re Russia against Saudi Arabia will be, for me, Argentina against Brazil. Uh -huh. uh, it's not the most glamorous of opening games, but regardless, it will be a, a match to remember when, when we hit, when they tell you 3-2, you're on. Yeah. It's, uh, I get goosebumps uh, yeah. just thinking about it. Me too. <laughs> yeah, of course, this is an experience. For me, it's my first game will be Uruguay-Egypt uh, mm -hmm. next day after the opening in uh, Ekaterinburgo. So, that will be a, yeah, yeah. a very good game. And, of course, uh, uh, broadcast and, and see my, my national team and the World Cup because uh, I remember I was a fan. I mean, I, I watch on TV in Spain in 82. So, yeah. I mean, for us, uh, and for me, it's a great opportunity after four World Cups on the radio in this country and two World Cups on TV in my country, the, the first time and uh, the great opportunity to broadcast on, on national TV in, in U.S. and in yeah. Spanish with a great group of professionals. So for me, it's, uh, that's the, uh, the main issue. Excellent. It's a dream job. It's a dream job. It's every, every uh, broadcaster, every sportscaster that works in, in this, when you ask what will be your special event, they're always going to tell you the World Cup. So for us, the World Cup, it, it's a dream come true. Yeah. Uh, for me, it's, our, it's my uh, first World Cup in, in the United States. I made six in Mexico, and it's, it's special because in Mexico, you just just focus on Mexico. It's, it's, right. it's a special story. And here, you have all type of nationalities, so it's a great responsibility. Yeah. So. Okay, so uh, if you're listening and you want to go ahead and uh, find uh, me on the internet, you can find me at World Soccer Talk. Uh, Kartik will be back next week. You can find him uh, on Twitter at KKFLA737. So thank you for listening. You can get a new episode of the World Soccer Talk podcast every Thursday. Every episode is released on SoundCloud, YouTube, Stitcher, iTunes, TuneIn, Audioboom, and WorldSoccerTalk.com. If you like the show, share it with your friends on social media and give us a review. Enjoy your football. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns.